Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. I'm back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, we'll get to the NBA playoffs in a second, but it was like the day after we recorded the last podcast, I see Monty Williams has a substantial offer from the Pistons. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Hmm, didn't see that exactly coming because I, I thought if I was Monte Williams, I'd take the year off. I'd just uh, kind of think about my next move, see what may come available in the next round of hirings. And then I see the terms and I go, huh, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um. I'm excited. I think this show, Tom Gores, is serious about winning. Um, you could make an argument that Monty Williams was the best coach on the market by far. I don't. I, Doc Rivers, no. Um, got a uh, Nick Nurse, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I. I mean, Aduka was already hired by Houston, so you could you could debate he might have been the the best hire considering what he did in his his one year in Boston. But I don't I don't know if he'll be able to replicate that with the I don't know if Houston rock the Houston roster is all that better than the Pistons. So no, I agree with you on that. The Houston Rockets is probably about. Talent-wise, probably about the same as the Pistons, to be honest. Uh, Pistons probably got a little slight edge from picking up Wiseman in a, in the big man department, I'll probably say so. But other than that, basically the same team. Um, young young players, you really don't know what you're going to get out of them until probably a little bit later on in their career. And I guess what intrigued me the most about the reports, other than the financial terms of it, is the Pistons were one of two teams who – uh, working was considering coming back to to coach for. Uh, I, I would like to know what possibly was that that second team. Um, and I like that the Pistons got it done before there was any question on whether the Boston job was going to become available. Now I've heard some critics say, "Well, he couldn't get over the hump in in Phoenix," and that. That would be a good problem to have, getting over the hump. So let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but just where the roster is, what Monty has, was able to do in New Orleans with a young roster, the, the wins improvement over time there, how he was able to turn around Phoenix. I, I worry about getting over the playoff hump once we actually get in the playoffs. So. Right. Now, I, I'm kind of like on the fence about it. I don't know if you want to make him the most – I mean, he's the most highest-paid coach right now in the NBA over Steve Kerr and some of the other guys that actually won championships. And the only thing that bothers me, Rodney, is I know how you feel about Budenholzer and Nick Nurse and and some of the other guys that were on the market, Doc Rivers. But all those coaches have won championships. He hasn't won the championships. They made him the highest-paid. I don't know. It just – I don't know if it bothers me or – but I have seen him turn over and do good things with young talent. And, and you know, even when he was in New Orleans. So, I don't know. I think Monty Williams might be able to turn our talent around and work with the young guys. So, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it doesn't bother me as as much because I just feel uh, it's, a, it's a good problem to have. If we're discussing two or three years from now, um, the the Pistons' inability to to make it out to Eastern Conference Finals or something, or you know making it to the finals and not not winning, that that's a monumental shift to from the seventeen win team they are now. So um, I'll I'll take the the good with the bad, I guess at this point, and I'm not sure um, if like Budenholzer or Nick Nurse or could replicate that winning season. I, I feel like they were they were lucky. Um 
they they still have to to show me something. Um, Doc Rivers, he hasn't been able to recapture the the magic of the big three in Boston. So I I wouldn't trust Doc Rivers. I'm not sold on the. I know Frank Vogel has a a ring from the um, bubble. I'm not sold on him as a coach. I, I was big on that that Pacer team that he had with Paul George and um, George Hill and um, Lance Stevenson. I, I don't know if he he gets Phoenix over the hump. I'm I'm curious to see how that that works out. Now now this is what kind of kind of gets me, Rodney. Now do you believe? Out of all those teams and the coaches that we we both, because we we both on the fence about a lot of those guys too, and I, I feel you on that. As far as with Budenholzer, it feel like they inherited great teams. Like you got a chance to play with Adekunpo, you got a chance to play with Kawhi Leonard, and you were loaded with Kyle Lowry. You got a whole bunch of guys, Middleton. I mean, you can throw that in with all those guys. You got a chance to play with LeBron, uh, AD, with those coaches that you just named. But with Monty Williams. Now, now, last year was kind of like, I thought they should have gave him another chance in Phoenix. He did have Devin Booker, who was scorching high. He did have uh, Kevin Durant that came. But they got rid of a lot of great players. And they just didn't have the, they didn't have, they weren't loaded at all on the roster. They just they, didn't they have they the talent to beat them. Yeah, they killed the death to to get KD. And then you all go up against the team that's the, to me, that was the deepest in the West um, all year. And we can, we can get into the NBA Finals in a minute. I just, I don't, it was a bad matchup for Phoenix. Um, just, I don't know, I don't know if the roster ever gelled. I think KD only played like eight regular season game once he got to Phoenix. So, I, I kind of feel like it was doomed uh, once KD sprained or twisted his ankle in the weirdest way I've ever seen <laughs> In the layup line, so um, I don't, I don't, I think too much blame was put on Monty Williams, and I'm like I said, I'm not sure Frank Vogel is a coaching upgrade. Maybe defensively, Phoenix is better, but I don't, I don't. The roster as it is now, I don't know. Short of Eric Spoelstra or Pat Riley or Steve Kerr, if, if Bill Jackson getting coming out. Who could coach that team to a championship? Right, and and that's the thing with these teams. Now, I honestly believe out of every team that we just named and all those new coaching hires, it's still a lot of work to be done. Like Phoenix is nowhere near a championship. I don't believe that uh, that Philadelphia. I don't believe that. Uh, I don't believe that even uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't see those guys. It's a lot of free agents out there riding in. Not and, even the Pistons are close to playoffs. And as much as I don't like Budenholzer, Milwaukee might have downgraded in, in the coaching department. If anything, it's a push. I think all of them did, Rodney. That's crazy. Because when we had this discussion before, I said, you know, a lot of these guys downgrade. I think the Pistons are the only team, in my opinion, that honestly upgraded. Everything else has been even a, a even tilt. Or a downgrade. Yeah, because, I mean, Doc Rivers or Nick Nurse, um, same person. Right, that's what I was like. It just, just, it's like Spider-Man when they all point at each other. Take off your mask, you're the same person. Like, they're just in an alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's kind of why I know uh, there was a lot of criticism about coaching in Boston, rightfully so. But I kind of respect the decision Brad Stevenson made because I don't, I don't know if there's an improvement on the market as far as coaching, uh, and I, and I think a lot of the jobs we're talking about, whether it's Boston, Toronto, Philly, they're not as good. Not none of them are championship caliber teams. As exactly. As currently constructed, so I mean, you can change the coach all you want, but there's no roster that you go, okay, there in the this, this like Milwaukee. Yes, you got the Greek freak, but Middleton's a free agent. You, you got roster questions, Philly. 
I know there are people that are James Harden friend, fans and James Harden slappy, but I would be more surprised if he if he gets a ring before Russell Westbrook at this point. Um, this, I, this is scary, though, right? This doesn't scare you? All the guys that you just named, this doesn't scare you for – it. this scares me for many reasons because you got a lot of those guys that's free agents that's freaking ring chasing, man. You got Kyrie Irving, you got Lopez out there, you got Middleton out there, you got James Harden out there, you got Westbrook. All these guys are ring chasing. I'm so scared that these guys, they made their money in the league over all these years. I'm scared that these guys might talk during the summer and decide to combine their powers and take less money and go to one team and dominate, and it's going to really piss me off. And I feel like that's what's going to happen. That's what I feel like is going to happen. What would be that team? I mean, why wouldn't you go to a team that's already loaded that has a lot of cap space? Now the Lakers are being foolish. The Lakers want to retain the young man, uh, and they're talking about paying him upwards of a hundred million dollars. But Lakers, use your brain. If guys are willing to come to the team and, and take less money, and you got all these roster spots opening up, you can actually get James Harden, Middleton. They can get like they can get a lot of good free agents for. A cheap price. You you know the the team that that may uh, that intrigues me when you say that is stay in L.A. But the the, the Clippers. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, because I feel like the Clippers are in a desperate situation. You it's it's now or never for the the Kawhi Leonard Paul George experiment. So if I if I'm the Clippers. Maybe I'll take a run at a at a Harden, try to get Westbrook back. Maybe Urban. I, I I feel like you you got a pretty doggone coach in Ty Lue. Miami, if I was a free agent, I'd be looking long and hard at Miami. You got Jimmy Butler, Bam is there. You got these nine undrafted players. So I mean, one or two. Superstars or all stars in Miami, who wouldn't want to live in Miami and play for Eric Spoelstra? I'm... Yeah, I agree with you on that. The only thing that scares me is that a lot of these guys they really haven't had a lot of success as far as winning championships. Like a LeBron, LeBron sees himself on the way out. He's willing to restructure his contract and make close to nothing to bring other people in, and I think AD oh, will probably do, do the same. Enough. That's what scares me. The time. That's what scares me. Yeah, that's what scares. You see, James Harden did it last year in Philadelphia to bring other players in and extend other players. They weren't able to bring the players that they wanted to in, but James Harden was willing to take a pay cut and restructure his contract and bet on himself. Kyrie Irving was willing to do the same thing also. So this is just really, and they all love LeBron, and it's just scary to me. I'm a team. I still don't want any parts of Kyrie Irving. I mean, but he's still a great scorer, though, man. I I, I know I, I would take I a run at Westbrook well. before I took a run at Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I think I think Russ is so pissed off. I think he'll never come back to the Lakers again. I think he might go just back to the Clippers if they if they willing to pay. Because remember, he took a pay cut to go to the Clippers. But you don't know the, you don't never know the status of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. They say hurt every year, man, for these past three or four years. Yeah, it's just yeah and that's why that's why I just say I I feel like the Clippers are are desperate. Uh, you gotta see if this and this experiment is gonna work. Um, you're what a season away from moving into your new arena, so I, I just feel like the Clippers. I I feel like there's two teams. Maybe three that's going to determine free agency this year: the Clippers, Boston, and and the other LA team, the Lakers. Um. Rodney, I got a good question for you. If you're the Clippers and you got all this talent on your roster, they got a really talented roster. It's just they can't stay healthy to save their lives. You're going to lose a lot of people because they got some key free agents too. Do you ask Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to possibly restructure their contracts? So that way you can stay competitive and, and load your roster up. 
Cause yeah, like yeah. those guys are really basically playing. They're not really playing the whole season. They're playing. They're not even playing a half a season. Um, the short answer, yes. I mean, if I'm Steve Ballmer, Tyloo, everything's on the table with with the Clippers roster, even possibly moving one of the two. And uh, Golden State is also interesting because I think since we recorded the last podcast, uh, Bob Meyer stepped down. I'm really interested to see what happens with their roster situation. Do they stay in luxury tax hell, um, which the the owners there have been willing to pay with no problem. So, you know, their their window is open, but Steph will be what thirty six next year. Clay, Draymond, your, your your core. Can can you fix Jordan Poole because he is clearly broken, um, and I feel like there there is a Draymond question because Kaminga needs to play more. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm really I'm really looking at that situation too because I'm really disappointed in the reports that I was hearing about Clay, and and Clay really wants a big contract. And he hasn't shown up even when they won the championship the season before last last season. Um, he really didn't play well. That like Steph really saved him, and Draymond stepped up with the defense. Clay really didn't do much, man. He he's been a shell of himself since he's injured his knees. I'm disappointed that he wants a, a lot more money, and he knows that Draymond wants his money too. He's had his money, and I just think that right now it's time for him to give up that role. Take a back seat, take less money, and stay in that situation with with Golden State. Let Poole start, come off the bench hot. I mean, come on, being ridiculous. Yeah, so we want to talk a little NBA Finals. Oh yeah, so yeah, I'm, man, I'm excited, Rodney. <laughs> Denver dominated. I should say the Joker dominated Game One. Had a very quiet triple double actually in game one, um, and it looked like this series was going to be quick. And even yesterday, for parts of game two, um, it looked like Denver was just going to roll. And then it's like the fourth quarter. I don't know what Eric Foster <laughs> said during the 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 third quarter, fourth quarter. Um, TV timeout to to begin the fourth, but Duncan Robinson came to life. Jimmy Butler reminded us he's Jimmy Butler, and Miami goes into Denver still game two, which sets up a very interesting um, game three and four in Miami. Um, I think we both have said on the last podcast that we expect Denver to win the series. But Miami was going to be a tough out. So it's shaping up to be exactly what we said. Right. And you know what else is crazy too, Rodney? Miami, they shot horrible that first game. And I thought to myself, I said, Miami is not going to shoot that bad again. Yeah, they were like five from 24 from three in the first game, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Yeah, you're right, Rodney. You know, from watching Miami play this whole season and also from from just being – being around in the playoffs and even over the past years, like Miami's always been relevant. Like they were, didn't they win the East last year? Yeah. So they, they've yeah. actually what, won the East like three out of four last years. They were in the Eastern Conference. No, they didn't win the East. They were in the final Eastern Conference final for Boston. Um, so, and you can't count an Eric Spoelstra team out. Um, right. You right about that. I just feel that this is my thing, Rodney. As long as Miami stays hot shooting, I, I kind of don't see a way that Denver because Miami also plays defense. They shoot threes well and they play defense well, and they yeah, have an they, amazing coach. That's the recipe right there. Yeah, and they they figured out some things. Uh, yesterday, they 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 changed how they were playing defense on the Joker. Uh, and it, it was it was noticeable. They they may have figured out something. The rest of the league hasn't figured out how how to I won't say stop them, but but contain them. 
and and the same thing, I would say that he took a recipe from what the Pistons did with Michael Jordan. Look, Joker's going to get his points. So you you just play him one-on-one, man-to-man. That's fine. Joker had 41 points. But you know what you do? You don't sag off those other guys. You don't double-team Joker. You don't give up those open threes. And you make sure you play tough man-to-man defense. And that's how you beat Denver. Because a lot of guys can't create their own shots. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, he can't create his own shot. Bruce Brown can't create his own shot. I'm, I'm laughing because you just named yeah. two of the uh, misfit pistons. <laughs> yeah. And look, Aaron Gordon, he can't create his own shot. These guys are horrible off the dribble. So now you, Michael Porter Jr., horrible off the dribble. These guys are basically glorified spot-up shooters and they slashers. But other than that, grab, dribbling, trying to get past you, only Jamal Murray and Joker can do that on that squad. Everybody else stalemate. And that's what they did. You know what... what it kind of reminds me of is uh-huh. um, the 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 O four piston strategy against the uh, the Lakers kind of. Yep. Shaq Shaq kind of got his points right, but they they wore him down over time. Ben Wallace did a heck of a job. Everybody stayed home, um, and I'm not saying Murray is is Kobe, but you you're seeing the same strategy. Um, Make his life a living hell and make everybody else on the team beat us. Exactly. And you know what's crazy, too? Until Denver figures this out, when they're running their offense and you got guys running around, they're not even get, they're not extending themselves defensively because guys are literally spot-up shooters. Like, they're literally just running around the floor and they're making Murray and some of those other guys, they're tiring them out. And you've seen Joker from time to time. He was tiring himself out. Bam is actually one of the act. That's why I was so disappointed in Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis wasn't being aggressive on offense. Bam, even though he's really not putting up too many shots, but he's aggressive on defense, on offense. He's setting screens like his the offense basically runs through him. He's the pick and roll guy, so he's always moving around. And with Joker having to do that and bring the ball up the floor and create offense, that's a lot on him. And he's gonna fin- he's gonna find out. How tough that is when they go to Miami when it's hot down there. He's gonna struggle. I think Miami. I think Miami might take this from Denver, man. It's it's, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. So speaking of Miami, I may be the only person that that is happy about this, but it, it is good to see Kevin Love enjoying playing basketball again. Man, I he had me depressed, man. Cause it felt like they left him high and dry. You had two of your road dogs, man. They leaving and they dip on you out there in Cleveland, and they left you in a whole rebuild mode. And then as soon as that team rebuilds, then they kick you to the curb. They think they kick you to oblivion, and you go to Miami, and now you're about to possibly win an NBA championship again. Yeah. So that's I don't. Yeah, that's a, a unique um, story. It I was it was funny because he I can't remember the Miami player he missed in the corner that was wide open for a three, and it was like after the play he goes up and hugs the guy and, you know says so it's just could this could this series go seven I I think it's I think it's a lot likely yeah I think this series goes six or seven games man like it's gonna be a fight. And a lot of people were counting Miami out because, and including ourselves, I think we both kind of figured like Miami win one or two games. But the game plan, when you got an excellent coach in Spolstra, it's, it's nothing you can do. They were dogs. They were underdogs in every game, every series. They were underdogs. And and now you get Tyler Hero back for game three or in four, like for the rest of the series. This guy puts up twenty some points a game. You add yeah. that, to, and he's a hot shooter. Like this is scary. This is really bad. This is bad times now. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I do. Uh, before we get in our second part of our top fifteen sports movie of all time, uh, want to touch on two things. Uh, one, the NFL gambling policy. 
As things are getting interesting, I just saw that there is a Indianapolis Colt and possibly other players still under investigation. Of course, um, the Lions had J-Mo suspended, three other players. They um, Two were suspended indefinitely, and they released a third player. Um, so I think part of the policy is stupid. I get the no bet, no NFL games. So the, that that makes sense. The whole you can't bet from the facility on another sport, I think is dumb. But yeah, I I don't agree with it too, Roddy. Me and you both feel the same way. I think the NFL is really reaching on this one, and now you got a bunch of other teams that's under investigation too. It's hard to control any of that stuff, man, especially when you got the freaking Las Vegas Raiders right there, man, too, playing in Las Vegas. I know that something's going to come up with those guys soon because the NFL is starting to dig deep, and now you got other owners asking, hey, my guys are in trouble. We can't only be the only ones that's placing bets near and around the facility. The damn Allegiant Stadium is literally right in the smack dab of freaking Las Vegas. Like, come on. Like, you can't tell me. They have sports betting by the phone also there. So, I'm just, I'm waiting for to see how this is going to play out. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, because, like, when Calvin Ridley got suspended last year, I was like, okay, he bet on NFL games. It's like, that makes sense. That's like Pete Rose back in the day, basically. Um, and then you you get the Fort Lions suspended, and you find out J-Mo suspended for six games for betting on another sport inside the facility. And it's like, well, wait. He didn't bet on NFL games. Could have bet on college football or something. It's not like anything he gained from inside that Lions facility was going to have an impact on the way he bet it. Um, and I don't see any different from the the average American going to, into work and so, saying, hey, let me place this bet on FanDuel. Happens all the time. Exactly. And that's why that's why you get a lot of the free the guys, man. <laughs> free J-Mo, <laughs> man. Because, like, I, it, it's a shame that the Lions got this this huge following right now from all these analysts and everybody else. The whole sports world is actually excited about the Lions. And, and happy to see them come alive, man. You talk about one of the worst NFL franchises in, in NFL history. Like we, yeah, where's the 30 for 30 at? <laughs> yeah, where's the 30 for 30? Like, we've been struggling for a long time. And you see a little little light shining, and then they take away some of our best players. And, you know, we playing the Chiefs at the first game of the season. It would be nice to have J-Mo there. I wanted to ask you, how do you feel about the Lions possibly getting D-Hop? I'm excited about hearing that news. He followed Jared Goff. Um, how do you feel about D-Hop as well? Coming to the Lions, brother. Possibly. Possibly. I'm kind of on the fence. I, I wouldn't do a multi-year deal. I, I would I would be okay with a one-year prove-it type deal. I don't know how much J-Hop would go for that. But mm, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I wouldn't... I possibly would be okay with a two-year deal. Anything over two years, I know. I think he's looking for the same. From what I read, he's actually looking for less money than what we played uh, DJ Chark last year. I think we paid him for that one year. It was twenty million. He's looking for sixteen to eighteen million for one year. So that's less money, similar to what Odell Beckham got. Yeah, I thought I'd say that's um, so. I like the um, Odell Beckham. Baltimore deal. I, 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 anything in a one to two year range, I'm, I'm okay with. I, I don't commit to him long term. I do feel like they have to do something at the receiver position with Jay Montgomery. Uh, that would get you first, through the first six games, and then game seven through um, seventeen, you you got a you got a monster. If you have Jay Hop. J-Mo opposite ends, um, St. Brown in the middle, um, the, the, the tight end. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, 
man, that that's scary right there. And then you gotta double team those guys, Rodney. You can't sing, you can't single coverage J Mo. You can't single coverage St. Brown. You can't single coverage uh D Hop or the tight end. Now let's say you want oh, you don't want to single coverage them. You want to play some some type of scheme coverage to make sure those guys don't beat you on the outside. Now the run game with that amazing offensive line runs wild. So please bring in D Hop. I know the money that we paid on DJ Chart and he left. We never replaced him with a wide receiver, and we still have plenty of money on the books. I'm praying that they they make that right move and get D Hop. Man, that's like the best move for the Lions right now, in my opinion, on that one year deal. That make the offense so explosive. And then with our rebuilt defense, Rodney, think about it like this. The offense, if the defense could just hold teams to at least 20, 25 points, 30 points, that offense is so amazing. We can score 40 points a game, Rodney. I believe 35 plus with that offense. You can fart 35 points with that <laughs> offense. Like it's impossible. So if they do this, Rodney, the Lions, do you believe the Lions will have the most explosive offense in the NFL next season if they pick um, up yeah. If they pick up D-Hob, you might as well just d- dust off the moniker best show on turf. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. Okay, so other topic, um, WNBA. The Aces almost lost, but they're still the only undefeated team. It, is this really a, two, a two-team race at this point between Vegas and, and the New York Liberty? Yeah, yeah, just basically, man. It's between those two teams. I was paying attention to the Washington Mystics. I love what the Washington Mystics are doing over there. but I feel like they're the biggest threat um, to either team. It is the Mystic. I want to I wanna, – it's just the thing about this, Rodney – I think we both on the same page. When it comes to a five-game series, none of these teams are going to beat Las Vegas. You're not beating. You're not beating those ladies out there in Las Vegas in a five-game series three times. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's impossible. Especially Candace Parker possibly being on her last year. Those those ladies are playing to get her a championship. They're already coming off a championship. They're trying to repeat and go back-to-back. I don't think they're going to lose, man. It's hard to beat those ladies. They have to have some some massive injuries or something that can really hurt them. They're so loaded that they they have interchangeable people. They can, they're probably just having a, a, the time of their lives traveling around, partying, and having fun. They're going to have a couple games where they fall off and because they're not probably focused. But when it comes to playoff time, Nobody's gonna stop them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just real quick, uh, <laughs> speaking of Las Vegas, they could they could possibly have their second um, championship uh, as a city because it looks like the Vegas, what's the Ike team? Vegas uh, Knights. Golden, is, Golden Knights? Yeah, yeah Golden, Golden Knights. Golden Knights is, is rolling. They're up 2 0. They're playing. Who, who would have thought? They're playing the Florida experience? Panthers, man. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know what's crazy? Miami's having a good run, too. Miami's having, I mean, you got the Florida Panthers who play in Miami, then you got the Miami Heat. So they're having a pretty good run out there in Miami, man. The Marlins are looking pretty good. The Dolphins are are picking up people. The Dolphins are looking pretty good. They're they might be up there for, for sports cities, man, because they're looking yeah, really so, good right now. Yeah. So just Vegas could could get their second um, championship in the city in less than a year time. So just thought who, who would have thought the expansion team would be. Um, in the Stanley Cup final so quickly uh, with a pretty legit chance to, to win it. And this is actually, what, their second trip to the to the finals? I think they went their first year in existence. Or... Yeah, they, they actually won a championship their first year. Mm-hmm. What did that say? No, I'm just letting, we ain't going to start. We ain't going to do that narrative. <laughs> okay, so. Vegas, you better win this game. You ain't going to have no damn fingers. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm interested to see the the uh, 
the Las Vegas uh, franchise in baseball, man. They're supposed to get the Oakland A's. If they get the A's, watch the A's turn from the worst team, which they are right now in baseball, to one of the best teams in baseball because they're going to be in Vegas. Like, I, I just I don't see how this is all happening because the Golden Knights on their first year, they were good out of the gate. They've been good every time. Actually, the Las Vegas Aces were actually good, too, like out the gate. Yeah, so uh, stay tuned. You, you ready to get into to our movies? I'm ready to get into the movies, brother. Okay, so um, we're doing, what, 10 through 6 today. Um, it's funny because I was on Facebook the other day, and there was actually one of my friends. He had a post where he was debating the, the greatest sports movie of all time. Um, he basically said, any given Sunday is it. Then my list. You'll have to wait and see where it's at. But um, I just thought it was an interesting debate with with some of the comments. Oh, Any Given Sunday is definitely one of the best. Now, I, uh, Rodney and I, I, some of these movies, man, I don't know, just because they show, like, one of the sports clips. Because I have a movie that, that I really love and hold near and dear to my heart with uh, with Bruce Willis and, and Damon Wayans. And you know which movie I'm talking about. Is that considered a sports movie? Because I, I, I thought that movie had everything. You know, I'm an action yeah, guy, comedy. Yeah, I would say I, I think it does qualify. Yeah, man. Yeah. Cause, yeah okay, so now I'm, now I'm erasing things and putting... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> why, why you were right things you want me to go with getting to my number 10 pick? Yes, sir. I, I'll let you get to your number 10 pick, sir. Okay, so with my number 10 pick, um, you're five feet nothing. <laughs> you hung in <laughs> with one of the best football teams in the nation. <laughs> this, this day, don't nobody owe you nothing. <laughs> Oh man! You're gonna walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. <laughs> oh man! You know I'm surprised you don't have this a little bit closer, man. Because we had this debate when we were leaving. <laughs> so, uh, so I got Rudy at ten. The reason why I don't have a higher, it, it is actually one of my favorite sports movie. But if you actually read the uh, real life of Rudy Rudiker. Um, there are the movie took a lot of liberties. I'll I'll just put it that way. Yeah, no, I I feel you on that. I have Rudy also. Um, I have Rudy in my my uh in my top in, in this in this bracket too. So don't no he's gonna be coming up shortly. But and Rudy is a damn classic. I love that goddamn movie. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take uh another person. Too. Yeah, man, that's one of my favorite. I think I watched Rudy so many times, man. But yeah, I, I would say my other movie and Rudy touched my heartstrings too. Cause you're right, five foot nothing. Rudy touched my heartstrings like another movie, and we were just talking about it too. Um, and I'm gonna go with Cuba Gooding Jr. in Radio. That's my number ten. Oh, <laughs> that, that movie makes me sad, man. It it makes me sad, and I think Cuba Gooding Jr. did a damn good job playing uh, someone that um, with mental disability. Like he he did such an amazing job. I, maybe Cuba Gooding Jr. is one of the best uh, actors, man, of our generation. If you really think about it, in some of the other movies he's in another one of the movies that I got in my top five. So, but yeah, I go with Radio as my number ten. Okay, uh, I respect the radio. Not on my list, but I'm definitely. What? Respect. That's a damn good movie. Okay, definitely, definitely <laughs> respect it. Um, okay, here we. I'm I'm getting into my. They don't. This is a movie that doesn't get respect on the the national level for being a, a great sports movie, but if. You grew up black, and you grew up around that age group. Uh, I think this movie holds a special place uh, in in your heart. And, and that movie is Sunset Park. Yeah, that's a really good movie, too. That's a really good movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I love that movie. If you haven't seen it, um, check it out. It's top five um, basketball movies alone to me. Um, if not, and I think you can make an argument as top three. Um, well acted. Then you got you got the whole um, kind of the great white hope thing with the coach and everything else. It's like Dangerous Mind, the basketball version. If you ask me, so. <laughs> he said dangerous minds the basketball version. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you silly for that one, bro. <laughs> no, that no, Sunset Park is a great movie, man. I and you know, it goes with the whole theme of all those movies around that time, man. I it reminds me of another movie that I, I used to really like too. But it, it could possibly make my list. Um yeah. I, I will talk about that later. I can't. I, I hate to compare it with a movie with, that I'm going to have further down my list. So I'll just come back to that one. But Sunset Park should definitely you should check it out if you've never seen it before. It's one of them low key movies. You had to be around to, to really enjoy it and watch it. And if you haven't seen it before, go check it out. It definitely goes with the theme of all the movies from back in the '90s. Um, my movie that I'm going to choose my next one is this the one where I said I didn't know if it was going to be a, a uh, a sports movie now, but The Last Boy Scout with Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis, man. I thought that that movie was really good. The comedic genius. And who would think to put those two together? Damon Wayans and Bruce Willis. It's freaking hilarious, man. I'm going to actually watch that movie tonight. Yeah, Bruce I think I own that movie. Actually, low-key, a little bit of a comedian in a lot of his movies. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, then you put. Then you put some, Daniel Wayne's. I love me some Bruce Willis. Um, it's it's tough to know that he probably will never act again with um, all of his health issues going on now. So, yeah, that's another that's another reason why I looked at it and I was like, man, like I gotta definitely put Bruce Willis on this list, man. I, you know, he he really doesn't play in. Uh, too many sports movies if you think about it but um i think i can only think of two and uh this one was one of my favorites it was a uh, last boy scout for sure so if you haven't seen that that's tommy's certified stamp of approval <laughs> i think i'm not sure if rodney has it on his list but it's one hell of a movie it's a thrill ride yeah, you'll be know. you watch this movie you'll be dancing on the jumbotron at the end trust me <laughs> <laughs> okay um number eight on my list let's see if you can get it with um it's time to put the women and children in bed permission <laughs> to, to kill everyone wasn't you the man that slept with my mama uh <laughs> oh man <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of another line from, from the movie. Uh, you had uh, uh, early young Omar Epps carrying the football around the, the, the classroom. Uh, a, a young Holly Berry was also in this movie playing Omar Epps tutor. Um, you had the everything. You had the the the, the, the boosters to give the players money for the and a suit jacket at the you had the um player that had the unfortunate injury who messed up his knee before he got drafted the the star quarterback that was suffering from um what we would probably consider now depression drinking his life away dealing with depression and everything um so there there is a lot of things um going on. You got the coach that that has to win the season basically to save his job. And I'm I'm talking about the program. Man, great movie. Great movie, man. The program was a good movie. Man, that was some damn good movies back, man. When I tell you the nineties, man, the nineties produced some of the best movies. Man. Yeah. That's a damn good movie right there. Yeah, the program. Man. See, you don't have me looking at the program and 
Bro, you're gonna have me looking at the program and blue chips and all them damn movies, man. Like mm-hmm. watching blue chips with um Penny Hardaway, um Yeah, and Shaq and Nick Nolte. Shaq. Yeah. Man, you can have me watching all them movies, man. Um Nate Notes, he did a hell of a job in that movie. Man, he did a great job in that movie. See, you're going to have me watch. That's when I think about the program, man. I think about uh, movies. Because I think all those movies came out around the same time, man. And I was just like, wow. Yeah, you and had a lot of great sports movies come out in that that mid nineties, um mid nineties to like early two thousand era. Um that that were all good and pretty much my, my list is is centered around around those movies. Yeah, cause that's like man, that Cause yeah, we right. haven't even like talked about like I don't know if it's on your list, but like the hurricane, um was, was out around that time. Um Above see, the rim, he got game. Uh, yeah, see now I wanted to see. I was thinking about putting some of those movies in there too, because man, that's when Denzel was really tearing it up, man. And I'm like, I only got one. I only got one uh, Denzel movie. Um, I got. I think I got two more Denzel movies coming up, man, because I'm fighting some of these other ones. I'm, I'm erasing and writing down stuff. I know what my top five is for sure. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm really because Denzel got so many great sports movies, man. Like you said, you just mentioned he got game. You just mentioned. Um, oh, I, I I was gonna say my next movie, but I'm not gonna even say that. But yeah, you just mentioned Hurricane. You mentioned a, a bunch of other movies too. Oh man, I, it's hard for me. I got some honorable mentions, but I had to add this movie for my uh for my number eight. And it's tough because I, I I want to go with Hoop Dreams. When I watch that, when yeah, I watch a, that movie, that's an honorable mention for me. But that that is a one hell of a movie. Yeah, man, like that. That's you know, if you enjoy watching um, those Netflix series when they dive into watching and, and follow those uh, those players around and and you get attached to those players, man and. And then they also have some of those nice soundtracks too. I know Rodney; he was putting me up on a couple of other ones. I remember the the uh, I remember this one as being like the first one where you really got invested in those players, man. And they they followed them around with cameras. Um, one of those players happened to be Pat Beverly, and uh, it was based out of Chicago. And they followed some guys around, man, and to see who can make it out of the uh, inner city of Chicago. And with that sound, I, I remember Guapole is Closer to My Dreams being the main song from off of that movie, man. It, it just, it tied you into those guys and you, you were interested. You wanted to see them. It was like a, it was like a real world type of vibe, you know? So, yeah, I, I had to put Hoop Dreams up there as my number eight, man. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, definitely great movie. Definitely different from, um, all of the movies we listed so far because it's more of a documentary type movie more than anything, but Okay, seven for me. Um this is a childhood classic for me. You're killing me, Smalls. You throw <laughs> like a girl. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I figured you was gonna go there. Uh, just all around great um, kids movie. Um, kids of any age. I, I can't wait till my son gets a little bit older and we can sit down and watch um, the Sandlot together. Uh, although he's already his favorite scene is actually the one where Hercules is chasing. Uh, the jet, so at the end. Yeah. <laughs> now, I got the sandlot uh, a little bit. I got the sandlot in my uh, in my top five, man. Um, I love that movie. That's one of my favorite movies, man. Um, that one and uh, I, the sandlot was my first uh, kids movie that I fell in love with, and then the other one was uh, was Round Ball. 
um, with Keanu Reeves. Oh, Hardball. I'm sorry, I said Roundball. With uh, Keanu Reeves, and uh, it had Little Wayne in there, and a bunch of other people. Um, it was a pretty, it was pretty good, man. And that's what those uh, remind me of. I think uh, Hardball was a little bit, uh, a little bit more closer to the heart because I think Keanu Reeves had a gambling problem, but the Sandlot was pure comedy to me. So, mm. yeah. Man, that's a damn Rodney. Your list is like nuts, man. I'm I'm trying to cram all these movies in. I think we should do the top twenty. Um, <laughs> now, like I, I'm sitting here thinking about some of them. I got a lot of honorable mentions, man. It's, it's a, too many honorable mentions um, to go off of. My next movie, um, I'm gonna go with uh, Tom Cruise and, and Cuba Gooding Jr. again. Um, for my number seven, I'm gonna go Jerry Maguire. Uh, this was the first... the money, right? Uh, this was the first. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, Drew Rosehouse. It was it was loosely based on him, right? Which is crazy because you know what? That was the first movie that I knew of that actually got me behind the scenes of looking at. Uh, Things through an agent's eyes, because you never knew what the agents were going through. We always talked about the player, but we never knew what the agents were going through. And this, I thought to myself, I said, "Damn, if this is the excitement and the thrill of being a sports agent, I want all the smoke." Like I was like, man, at one point in my life, I said, "I want to be a sports agent. This is crazy." But yeah, and then like also from the the player's perspective too. Once again, Cuba Gooding Jr. He plays a mentally disabled man. He plays a sports character. <laughs> like, he, he does it all. He plays a gangbanger. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, how do you, you got to tap? Do you got Jerry? Do you got any Cuba Good Jr. movie with him as a sports figure in your list? Mm. Probably not. No. Wow. Yeah, I, I thought that's, that's weird. Right? I, mean, I, I would think that you would have. One of the best black actors of our time. Now, I, you probably think the same way too. I I would label myself as weird too because I I think I don't have a. Um, I mean, I do. I don't. I'm probably slide this out of the list, but I may not have a a second Denzel Washington movie in there, even though he has so many. Yeah, I only have one Denzel movie on my list. Wow! Now I I can't wait until we get to that part. Where you tell me which Denzel movie it is. Because, like, I was trying to think of the one movie that I wanted to put in there. And it's like, out of all three of those movies. Because you got three movies that can honestly be, like, top five or top six, seven. So, but yeah, Rodney, go ahead. I'm I'm interested in hearing your next one. Okay. Um, n- number six, if I was doing this from my heart, this would be my number one movie. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to do this from an honest um, perspective. Smoking Joe ain't got nothing on me, okay? <laughs> you tell Smoking Joe I get him boxing lessons, dancing lessons, and falling down lessons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I, um, I, I know Will Smith, man, is your favorite, man. Yeah, so... Uh, I ain't got no quarrel with Dumbia Khan. Um, I got Ali at, at six. Um, Will Smith did an unbelievable job playing um, one Muhammad Ali. Um, I mean, hell, if nothing, if the Will Smith book is it's an interesting read, but just to figure out how uh, he got the role, uh, Muhammad Ali himself asked Will Smith to play him because uh, Will Smith had originally turned the role down. The fact that he went to boxing um, camp, actually got knocked out uh, in his first boxing session. Um, but great action job by Will Smith. Um, Jamie Foxx does a great job playing Boo uh, Um You got cameo by Jada Pinkett in there playing Ali's first wife. Um, I can't think of the, the actress that plays uh, Veronica Port, but but she did an outstanding job, um, just all around, just a great, great 
camera angles in a in a boxing scene. So yeah, when you think about it, I, I honestly believe I know Will Smith played in a lot of great movies, and I know he's done an amazing job in, in, as an actor and, and displayed a lot of emotion in a lot of movies. Um, but I think this might be the best acting job that he's ever done in a movie in Ali. Like, I was 100% so. It felt like I was really watching Muhammad Ali um, come to life, man. And I, you know, I I really thought that the role that he played in this movie, man, was was Chef Kiss, one of the best. That's why that's why he won an award for this movie. Like, I, I thought he acted it to the, the best that it could. I can't imagine anybody else playing Muhammad Ali. I'm just going to be honest with you. Yeah, no. Um, and him and Ali um, remained um, good friends after filming. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Will Smith made the final do donation to finish the Ali Center, the, the museum that's uh, in Louisville in Muhammad Ali's honor. And then he was also a pallbearer at Ali funeral. So, Yeah, man, I love that, man. That and that's, a, you know, a lot of people down on Will Smith because of, you know, his actions and, you know, and his situation. But don't forget, man, that this man, is he's done a lot for our community. Um, you know, he, as far as, like, giving us a, a good show res, a representation of, of a black man taking care of his family. And he's also, he's been spotless. And, um, you know, it just, it, it sucks that people are trying to drag him down and, and put him in certain situations. So, no, I, I love that pick. I actually got Ali in my top five. Um, yeah, I, I thought that Ali is one of the. That's that is one of my favorite movies as well. So, yeah, I couldn't get away from that. Um, we're on number six, right? Because you just did your number six. Yeah, that was my six. Yeah, my number six was Rudy. Um. Yeah, I had Rudy a little bit. For, I think I watched that movie over and over again. Me uh, is only being a, a 6'1 gentleman. Um, I had Rudy aspirations in basketball, wishing that I was seven foot. <laughs> so that's why. <laughs> as much as he wanted to play football, I wanted to play basketball. But, um, yeah, it just sucks that, like, you know, you're not blessed with the height of a LeBron James. or But you got to make the best of what you got. So, yeah, that's just... Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies too, man. And I know you had it higher in your list, but I love Rudy. Rudy's a good movie. Yeah, um, and it probably would have been higher on my list, but um, a few years ago, uh, my friend Therese, uh, he used to do summer movie preview on his podcast, and uh, him and his partner had dove into the history and the true story of Rudy, and it kind of kind of tarnished, tarnished it a little bit but uh, I still I, the the music uh, whoever did the the soundtrack to Rudy and, and did an amazing <laughs> job pairing it with some of the scenes uh, no, no, you know what's funny I heard somebody I <laughs> I heard somebody break down Rudy before too. You know how, and I heard him like break down a couple of the other movies too. And I'm like, man, you don't look at people as being like a holes because you know a lot of the movies are like embellished and you know. So <laughs> no, I, I was laughing because it reminded me of one of the other movies I did originally have on my list, but then I moved to an honorable mention, and they was talking about Remember the Titans, and they're like, isn't it crazy? Like this team that isn't really good but if you really want to stop racism just have a football team and then, and I, I thought that was just ridiculous you know i don't they said well if if certain people want to be you know looked at as, as being positive they should just start a football team and have and have a kick-ass season and then maybe people wouldn't look at them like certain ways anymore and i'm like that's really fucked up if you really look at it like that but um I can tell. I don't want to just you know offend anybody, but no, it's. Yeah. I think you get what I'm saying, though, Rodney. You probably heard the same yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just like wow. So that it reminds me when people break down movies, and you were right. You said your friend Therese uh, broke down Rudy, and it made you not look at it the same. That's how I look at. It. Remember the Titans the same. That's one of my favorite movies. Mm -hmm. 
Strong side. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So uh, you just got me thinking about all the the, the season. <laughs> I was like, man, that's then I keep thinking about like the car accident scene. I'm like, that's so stupid. Yeah, and then uh my one of my favorite scenes from Remember the Titans is because it has one of the best um, your mama jokes ever when he said, I, uh, what's wrong with your bag? You talking about, I just carried your mama and she weighed twice as much as me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Man. See, now I got to watch that too. Man, I'm going to be up all night watching movies. I'm actually off tomorrow, so I get a chance to indulge in a couple of my favorite movies. Um. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited about watching some of my sports movies, man, and catching up. Okay, so um, we'll get out of here on that note. Tune in next time to see who um our top five picks are. Um, let's see what happens with Denver and Miami. Um, let's see if the 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 Aces keep it rolling. Let's see if the Golden Knights can bring Vegas their second championship. And I guess we'll have to start talking a little bit of baseball, too. So catch us on the, the B side. Peace.